Okay, loveless. One, two, mm -hmm. three, four, one, two, three, four. Royalty and rednecks are alike. They both like cutting and picking fights. Biscuits and baked beans where they don't belong. Sit on down the Korean tray and learn some fancy shit. Today we'll laugh a little even when they're wrong. They'll take you to a magical place where if you call someone a cut, nobody cares. They keep it debonair at putting on airs, putting on airs, putting on airs, putting on With a redneck flair, oh yeah. Two rednecks, but we're still fancy, putting on airs. We might not know much about history, we don't care. We gon' get drunk and we talk about yachts. We gon' get drunk and we gon' talk a lot. Dress real fancy, sit in our chairs, sip on our tea, putting on airs. Two rednecks, but we're still fancy, putting on airs. We might not know much about history, we don't care. We gon' get drunk and we talk about yachts. We gon' get drunk and we gon' talk a lot. Dress real fancy, sit in our chairs, sip on our tea, putting on airs. Okay. Episode is sponsored by BetterHelp and Every Plate. What's up, Airheads? Welcome back. We're here in the virtual Airstream Studios. I'm Trey. That's Chul. How you doing there, Cordy? I'm good. You know how I know that um, not only do I love you and you're one of my very best friends and also that I love, 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 love what we do, um, I find myself having to physically restrain myself and bite my lip or like grab my leg it to not 
try to talk to you while we're doing our ad reads. Like I forget that we're doing ad reads and you'll uh -huh. say something and I want to continue the conversation. I'm like, Oh, right. We're doing a read right now. I can't yeah. like, you'll be talking about like honey butter chicken or something. And I'll uh -huh. just be like, Oh shit. I, the other night. And I'm like, Oh, right. We're doing an ad read right now. Just how much I love talking to you, buddy. Yeah, I feel like we used to do that early on. We were first we getting used to reads and stuff. <laughs> yeah, Read would forgot. take like 10 minutes because we'd turn it into like a conversation. <laughs> ah, but no more, no more. So I wanted to follow up. I know that you've gotten some feedback from last week's episode. Is that correct? We're talking about the uh, the daddy list. At, uh, and I keep hearing <sighs> about it too. Katie's it. been, Katie talked to some of her friends about it <clears throat> and I got some additional input on that front, but I understand you've gotten some like I said, listener responses, reactions, reviews. What have the yeah, people been saying, Corey? You've been you've been dying for me to talk about this, haven't you? Yes. Um. Yeah, I have. I've gotten some uh, feedback. I put out a clip of me uh, talking about Amber's daddy list, and uh, and I was stupid for this. I was stupid for this. I uh, I put the caption. I said, "Y'all got to help me out. What celebrity out there do I kind of look like?" And I'll be honest with you. I was fishing a little bit and I'm so used to, and this is maybe because I know that some we've got obviously cross listenership. Like there's people that listen to putting on airs that also listen to well-read. I know there's plenty of people that listen to well-read that haven't followed us over to putting on airs. And I'm not stupid enough to think that we've got people that listen to putting on airs that don't listen to well-read on well-read. I've gotten used to, a certain amount of people come to my defense because I'm shat on a lot on well-read and I've, <laughs> I've grown accustomed to that. People are really, they're sweet to me and I feel they, they feel like they have to be because yeah. I'm a little teddy bear and I'm getting shat on a lot. And I think when I yeah. posted that, I was sort of subconsciously expecting people to sort of come to my defense. And I really underestimated, uh, the airheads and, uh, -huh. uh and honestly, it hit for me uh, because I did not get that treatment. I got fucking no Vaseline whatsoever. The first yeah. one, which is not so bad, said, uh, you look like that dude. Um, you know, the chubby one, uh, what was in uh, 22 Jump Street with Channing uh -huh. Tating, Jonah Hill. Uh -huh. And I, I assume they do not mean in his more fit days, probably right. in his super <laughs> bad days. And then possibly the worst one. Um, I got, you look like Ron Howard's brother. Yeah. Uh, and like, but I was at some kind of probably cause we think that was like a him. throw, a callback or yeah. something because not all yes. that long ago you talked about Clint Howard, right? And yeah, you, because dude, you said dude, something pretty gnarly about him. I can't remember what it was, but as self-deprecating as I am, I do not in any way, like, and, and dude, all respect to Clint Howard, but like, good <laughs> Lord. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've, I've been thinking at multiple points since then, it'll pop into my head. I just really got to give it up once again, give a shout out to Mrs. Cho, Amber, once again, because like fucking the fact that she came up, she pulled Will Sasso like, immediately like in the moment like didn't have yeah. to think about another just immediately because it's like again i don't think because i tried to do that and who did i say i said uh i said michael, michael Chiklis. Chiklis. right which thank you by the way yeah i'm saying yeah he's like a yeah he's like a sort you know jack sort of good looking bald he's like a hitting bald uh yeah. 
But yeah, very, you. very bald. That, now you've yeah. ruined it. Thank you. Yeah. It, but uh, I was like trying to do that, but like she, I just don't. Which I don't think, cute. I don't think there's a better alt. I don't think there's no, a better there's not. like line, a better, a better, uh, you know, choice there than Will Sasso, which is super, super funny to me. But Katie asked some Least of her friends. Least famous person she knows, by the way. I know. Well, that too. The fact that like, because dude, Katie don't know who Josh Brolin is. Like the right. fact that. The fact that it's fucking all, Amber knows who Will Sasso is is like it's wild almost to me. like that's the reason she knows who Will Sasso is. Do you know what I mean? It's almost like this has been pointed out to her before because okay. like Amber's not familiar with Mad TV or the Will Sasso ouvre, as it right. were. It's almost like a couple of times one of her friends at school has been like. Hey, who's that fat guy that played Kenny Rogers them times? Uh-huh. That's who your husband looks like. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, that would make it funnier for sure to find out that that was the case. Uh, yeah. Katie asked some of her friends this question. Um, and there, some of them, some of them are like, you're going to commiserate. A couple of them you commiserate with. And a couple of them, one of them, at least one of them might piss you off. Like, for example, one of her friends who I told Katie I wouldn't say her name because whatever. But anyway, not that anybody would know her anyway. But one of Katie's friends said, uh, when Katie asked her the question, her responses were um, Seth Rogen. And about me? No, not about you. It's oh, her okay. daddy list. Oh, sorry. We were talking about you Well, you said it might piss me off. You'll understand in a minute. Katie okay. didn't ask them who they thought you looked like. These people don't, okay. don't know what I look like. Well, I, I know, like. but you said it might piss me off. That's why... I- <laughs> yeah, it'll make sense in a minute, I think. Okay. She okay. just asked her friends for their daddy list or whatever. One of her friends said Seth Rogen and uh, David Harbour, right? Okay. And Katie was like, okay, those are, you know, interesting choices. What's that about? And her friend, who does not listen to the show, had not heard the episode or anything. Her friend goes, well, it's because they remind me so much of my husband is why, right? She was like, okay. they just, they, they, my husband is, he's in that vein. He's like that type. Oh. He He looks a lot like those guys. Right. And so, right. And so it's like, she, without knowing anything about our conversation or any of this, or you and Amber yeah. or anything, she just bases her whole daddy list on, on her husband, what her husband looks like. That's right? a sweet lady. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's the part that I thought that when I said, I might not piss you off, but you know, it plays into your, uh, this particular insecurity. That's However, a woman who will never get left or hit right there. Right. So, I, I, on the other hand, like, uh, maybe make you feel better. Maybe make you just mad at this person because she's apparently in the same. Uh, Katie asked my sister Paige, right? Just asked her the question to begin with, and it was funny because at first Paige tried to be like, "No, not really." She said she was like, "She was like, no, I don't really have any. Uh, I never really got over Paul Walker." Is what she said. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think pre two thousand eight Kid Rock. Uh, but before but i guess paul walker dying in that fiery crash was just too much for her to bear and it felt disrespectful to his memory for her to make any kind of daddy list after the fact is what she said but then katie told her she was like well trey said trey was saying you loved leo and and all this shit Paige was like oh yeah no i did yeah i love leo and then and then she just starts naming off all these dudes so she does have a list but they are all like pre the death of paul walker there's no like recent yeah. guys on there it's all dudes from like way back like uh you know young leo obviously you know my pa- my sister she uh she's one of the very few who went black 
and then did go back. Uh, but you know, she had her, right. uh, so she got like Tay Diggs, Omar Epps from loving basketball are on her list. Um, the in everybody in in sync except for probably Joey, you know. You uh, know what's a double standard? Except for the one that looks the most like you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But anyway, but but then Kat, so then Katie asked her. She's like, "Was well, there anybody remind you of you know her man?" Uh, she asked my sister, and Paige was like, "Paige also burned her man who was not there with her." She was like, "Well, since a young Larry Bird isn't on my list, <laughs> no." <laughs> You know what's a double standard? Which is I thought like, was pretty funny. I don't think my sister's man looks at, at all like Larry Bird, but that still cracked me up that she said that. But anyway, go ahead. That is funny. Well, I was just saying, like, if you ask girls like my sister and Paige and all them, you're like, you know, on your daddy list, like, they can throw out like, oh, Jonathan Taylor Thomas and blah, 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 and all these, and you won't bat an eye. Like, you won't think about it. And clearly they mean the younger version of them because that's when they were hot. But if yeah. you ask a bunch of men and we were like Mary Kate and Ashley, Dakota Fanning, like all this shit, you go, like, whoa, 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 we need a fucking disclaimer. You know what I'm saying? Maybe like Dakota Fanning, if you're all right. But like, you know, like if I said like Britney Spears, I don't think anybody would bat an eye, but I Britney Spears. But she's got older on. than you. She's Britney older Spears, than you. Not much, dude. Not much. That's true. Britney Spears got on my list. Hit Me Baby One More Time came out when she was like fucking 15 or something. And I was like 12 or 13. I thought like, she was 19. No, she was underage when that first song came out for sure. Because people, oh, yeah, in retrospect, right. people in retrospect have, you know, have pointed to it. Been like, that was actually gross, you know. But uh, right. cause she was like 15 or something. So anyway, she is older than us, but not by that much. She's probably younger than Mark. <laughs> Smart Mark, Brittany is, right. I would say. But anyway, but like when I, you know, got into Brittany, when I hung her poster on my what yeah, above too. my bed she was 15 or whatever but nobody thinks that's weird if you say it now. no it's and like, not but that's why the that twins also i mean they old as fuck and we old as fuck i think if you said like i don't even know i don't even know i don't even have a name i can pull like if this was if this was 15 years ago and you said ariana grande or something like when she was still yeah, on the yeah, disney yeah. channel like now yeah like yeah currently. yeah 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 like yeah, obviously yeah, yeah. people would be like, well, that's gross. But I think if you that name true. teens from like fucking dude, Mandy Moore and Hillary Duff and all them, they were yeah. all like teenagers and shit, but so were we. So yeah, like, yeah, yeah. No, I know. It's I don't just think like anybody you gotta, would think anything about you've it. You gotta police your memories though. You know what I mean? You gotta police your memories because well, did, like your memory one day becomes a crime and you're like, Oh fuck, you gotta I told Katie, me. I told Katie when we were at her mom's house over Christmas. Her mom's got this picture of Katie in her cheerleader outfit on the... Yeah, yeah. Got to throw that shit away. On the refrigerator. And I told Katie immediately when I had this stuff, but I did have this thought. I like, opened the refrigerator, and I was like, God damn, look at her. Looking good. And then mm -hmm. I was like, oh, God, she's like oh. 14 right there. That's fucking... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's my wife I'm talking about, but it's a picture of her when she's 14, so it's real weird. And, girl, and I told Katie, and she just laughed at it, but... uh Yeah. But same, yeah. same thing when we go to Amber's... Uh, when we go to her house for Iowa... Like, or, you know what I mean? Like, she's got the pictures or something. I'm just like, what? Like, oh, baby, look at you. And I'm like, oh, fuck, she's in high school. You know what I mean? It's weird. Also, people are going to clip this out and it's not going to be good. I'm about to make it worse. I'm probably, I remember, <laughs> I remember we were, I've thought before about how we were like teenagers at the dawn of like internet porn, right? Like the fucking yes. wild west. 
and it didn't hit back then. You could, what, what, nothing like now where you just pull up fucking gaping buttholes on your phone any day or night. Like, you know, it was harder back then. And it was like still pictures that loaded line by line or maybe a super grainy video that was this big in just the middle of the screen. Just real lo-fi shit. But I wonder if at the time we were in, it wasn't even Google yet. What was it? Fucking Ash Jeeves, Ash Jeeves. Yahoo, Yahoo and shit like that. Like, yeah, whatever we... Whatever we were using to search for Vista stuff. Vista search. Yeah, all that. I wonder if we were like typing in things like 14-year-old, you know, naked, whatever, because Maybe. we were 14. But I'm yeah. saying that was really playing with fucking fire. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Sure. Like we had to, and I wonder how often that type of thing happens now. You'd yeah, think it would happen because regularly. I was it's probably going to happen to me in a couple of years. You know, my yeah, son's because, on the dude, verge of puberty and whatnot. How I was do you doing keep that from it. happening? Right, because I was doing it in my middle school computer teacher's class. They don't know it wasn't him. <laughs> you know right. What I mean? Yeah. It's weird uh, to think about. Well, we need um, to shift. They did all say <laughs> we do. We do need to shift. I also the last thing my story's like, long as fuck. Katie's friends, their other reaction to that question was that uh they were all across the board, not le- leveling any judgment here, just saying what they said. They all were across the board like well, I don't call it a daddy list, but if you just mean like, you know, celebrities that are hot or whatever, um, I think every single one of these women, I think, has a child. Of course, Amber got a child too now. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know. I know it's very. I know the daddy thing is very common, but uh, are you saying that Amber, like they they look at Amber as immature for having a daddy list because I'm she not is? Saying- Okay, I just I'm just saying. But all she would them, admit it. All though. of them blanched at the, yeah, yeah, the verbiage, daddy list. Yeah, like yeah, all yeah. Of them were kind of like I don't know about calling it that. that yeah, seems kind of no, that's weird, fine though. Amber, okay. Amber is unashamedly who she is. Like she, yeah. she acknowledges that like this is a stupid thing. That's the thing I love about Amber the most. Like uh-huh. Amber, dude, Amber has a monogrammed. Yeti cups that say DG4L on them, which means dirty girl for life. And oh. she has a tattoo on her ass that says DG4L, dirty girl for life. She like, she's unabashedly that person. Like she, does, and, does she and if know, she ever Has stopped, anyone ever pointed out to her that it is highly likely? Can you see the tattoo? Like if she's at the beach in a bikini, can you see the tattoo? No, 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 no. Okay. Does she carry the cup around? Yeah. Like time. on the beach or something? Not that it matters or that she cares, but I is that some I Hitler would say, stuff? No, not even at all, not even a little bit. But DG4L, I'd say it's highly likely, especially blonde white woman like her on a beach drinking out of that. That a lot of people have assumed that that is uh, the sorority Delta Gamma is what I would because ah. you said DG. That's the first thing that popped into my yeah. head. Yeah, because Paige yeah, was a DG. Yeah. My ex girlfriend was a DG. That's what they all called themselves. Hey, was DG. honestly. It would hit for uh, her because she'd probably okay, well, a lot of people would Forrest Gump her way. That, right? She would well, she would Forrest Gump her way into a party. You know what I mean? Yeah, she probably true. accidentally knows their handshake. You know what right. I'm saying? But like, <laughs> yeah. If Amber, well, <laughs> it's kind of like it's like a well, some people real some people that super super don't hit for it. I didn't know she was good. One of those she people, would love like that it. too. She'd no, 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 no. No, I mean Greek life sorority. I meant that I thought Amber might be like oh. Fuck, that sucks. No, she wouldn't because some people no. really, really, really don't like that. She thing. don't, but she wouldn't. She it would be funny to her to think that she didn't hit for them. Do you know what I mean? Like Amber, 
like if Amber ever stopped being the way she is, as much as like I talk shit about her to y'all, as is my right as a man, if she stopped being this way, I would fall so out of love with her. But like she just like her having a daddy list, I. I, and I believe that when she's 65, she will have it and she will call it a daddy list. Like, this is who she is as a person. And there's not one human being on earth that could be smug enough about it to her that would make her consider changing her ways. And that is her beauty. You got to call it a grandpappy list or something at that point, right? Uh, she would have list. both. Though. No, she has yeah. a granddaddy list. She has a granddaddy <laughs> list. Older men. Uh, the dude from, uh, like, Kevin Costner is on her granddaddy list. Yeah, and, sure. uh, dude, uh, dude, who's Khaleesi's, like, uh, head dude? Jorah. Um, Jorah. Uh, Jorah. Jorah yeah. Mormont is the character's name. Uh, Ian Glenn or e something. No, that's yeah, not right. it's Ian Glenn. Yes, it is. is it's it? Ian okay, Glenn. All right. Ian Glenn, okay. Kevin Costner, these are on her granddaddy list. She's already started these. <laughs> she's already. Yeah. And, and she's also had to, uh, since I brought this up to her, she's had to work on what if they're younger than me, that list. Like, and, and I said, I mean, Amber, I think they're just twinks. But, yeah. you know, uh -huh. that's that's gay, I guess. But, no, she has Isn't a granddaddy Zaddy list. Zaddy a thing? Zaddy. Uh, Zaddy, yeah, Zaddy. Like which Zaddy, means that like might Gen be the Z ones. daddy or yeah. something. I yeah. don't fucking know. But anyways, no, she's <laughs> already got weird. she's already got you there on the uh, on the Zaddy list. Well, what the fuck are you talking about? Well, first of all, I was just gonna say about the whole accidental fraternity sorority thing. It reminded me that I used to uh, for years when I was like high school and college age. If I was doing, um, if I did anything, if I hit at anything, whatever <laughs> Madden or if we're playing pickup football or anything at all. I used to do this, yeah. right? This Steve McNair, because Steve McNair did that. I, yeah. I thought it was Steve McNair, and you know, Steve McNair, fucking childhood hero of mine. So I would do this shit Alcorn. in celebration. Alcorn. And uh, I always thought that was just like a Steve McNair thing, Me you know, too. like Ray Lewis's fucking dance he did and the Dirty Bird, whatever. They a lot of them have that. They got their signature moves and shit, right? And I just thought that's what it was. Uh, and I didn't find out until like years we, later. We all did this. Right, but that's a uh, that's a famous black fraternity thing that he was in. Um, he was, was in it that Phi Beta, yeah, something like that. It's it's not the it's not the Alpha one. It's the other one. I think it's the ones that get brands. You ever seen yeah. that? They they yeah, yeah they brand themselves, which is wild as hell. They brand an Omega on them, or at least that's what they did at my school. Uh, but anyway, uh, <clears throat> yeah, and so like Omega Sci-Fi. I'm sure he was like, uh, you know, I'm sure that hit for him. Fucking having white dorks in Tennessee doing it, I'm sure he didn't mind, but it, it made of me sort of cringe at myself in retrospect. Because anytime, like, it would hit for him. Yeah. It might not hit for the rest of them, though. You know, why people do it's like us talking in that Jamaican accent. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, no. They often don't appreciate that sort of thing. <laughs> which, well, which, I, you know, I, yeah. I fine. hear you, but like, not up to I, me. Think it, I think it's okay. I think it's different when you're a kid. You know what I mean? Like when the yeah. adults, when the adults, like if we were running around do it now, maybe it's shitty, but like, I think there's something that hits about it when it's a kid and you're just paying homage to Steve McNair. You know what I mean? I mean, I could be fucking wrong, but like, I don't know, man, that's fucking just cool as shit. Yeah. It always it, did hit. But it's, uh, yeah, it's Omega, Omega's, uh, uh, he's an Omega. 
Right. So anyway, all right. So what am I talking about today? I don't know if you saw. I didn't watch any of it, but I just know that people have been talking about. Uh, I guess Tracy Chapman emerged from hiding and went on the Grammys yes. uh, to play that to play Fast Car with Luke Combs. Where you at on the great. Luke Combs cover of Fast Car, by the way? Oh, I mean, I thought it was uh, great. And I mean, if you want me to save my full opinion for when we start talking about it, uh, I will, because I have strong start talking about what it, you, you were talking about the cover of Tracy Chapman and we have, Fast we Car. have started. We are currently oh, okay. talking about it. Oh, okay. I, don't, I, don't... <laughs> uh, I thought, I thought you said later. I thought I heard no, the word no, no. later. I don't think I said oh, later. Well, all right, here we go. Uh, I will I share my opinion. don't mean the live opinion. one from the other night, if, if in the event you watch that. I'm talking about just Luke Combs' version, okay. the single I, version. I thought it I, – I enjoy it. Uh, Me too. I enjoy it. I enjoy it a lot. I think Luke Combs – listen, I mean, we could spend an entire episode talking on the current state of country music, but we don't have enough time, and I don't have enough give a shit. Um whatever you know but i think that as far as the current state of country music is going i think luke combs is sort of in the right direction i i enjoy a lot of the stuff that he does um i have some friends in the industry and he seems like a good seed you know and uh has a tremendous voice i really like that cover and furthermore let me state this on covers in general and we'll use his cover as the example I'm a fan of anytime a great song from a great artist gets covered, no matter how good the cover is. And here's why. If you like the song and you like the artist that is being covered, you should want that song to be covered by as many people as possible. Here's why. That means that artist that you like, cha-ching, they got paid, right? Tracy Chapman now gets shown to a way bigger audience, all right? That song obviously was a mega hit when it came out. It was a mega hit, transcended all sorts of genres, but it was a big 90s hit. And I mean, don't get me wrong, it's stuck around. Like, it's a timeless song, but there's a lot of, you know, Gen Zers that maybe have only heard that song in the background of television shows who millions and millions of new people were exposed to that song for the first time. She got a big paycheck. She got a resurgence in her career, right? So it's a good sure. thing. And also he did it justice. It's really good. Like I, I'm just, I'm a fan. Right. I'm just, go ahead. Well, but what do you think about, I agree. This came up in the thread a while back because I found out about this because Obama put out his list of these. This is what songs hit for me right now. He's always putting uh -huh. out lists like that. These are the things that hit for me. I knew he did that when he was president, but he kept doing it, which I'm, yeah, it's for me. Yeah, I'm, that's on my list of things he that hit for me. People. Obama's list of things that hit for him. Anyway, he put out his things that hit for me list, and uh, Mark shared it, and he was like, oh, man, Luke Combs' management is having a fucking hissy fit over this because he put Luke Combs fast car on his list mark's joke was like luke combs is a country artist there's right. no way he wants to hit for obama because it'll run his fans off or whatever yeah, yeah mark yeah. was right. just fucking around fucking anyway around, yeah. so he said that i was like i was i just saw the name fast car obviously i'm very very familiar with that original song but i didn't know for sure if it was a cover and original or what so i went and checked it out and as soon as it came on i was like oh shit this is a cover of that song all right and i listened to the whole thing and i came back in the thread and i was like well i gotta tell you it hit for me Yep. Mostly because that song just hits so hard. It's right? amazing. And, and it's like, 
I, I remember Drew and Mark both kind of being like, nah, fuck that. Just listen to the original, <laughs> which, which was also Katie's position, by the way, because I played it for the boys one day in the car. And Katie was like, just play the regular one. And I was like, okay. But yeah, right. Anyway, good. I'll li- I'd like to listen to this good song twice, too. Sure. But I, I just don't like. I don't like modern country at all either. I never ever listened to Luke Combs, but I do like his cover of that song. But I, but I think it's mostly just because he's just a talented yes. musician. Who he's is good playing an awesome song. He has a he great really, voice. He don't really put any kind of spin Quite. on it. Or nothing. No, he doesn't. He just, he just does he the just, song. He just does the song. That and might the be song, my only problem with it. Honestly, the song is the uh, is awesome. What's well, so I'm yes. saying. I don't know how anybody could argue that the cover don't hit because it's just the song again. Right. Just and he done has a by good a different person. He didn't like sometimes people do covers and they really make it their own and that either super hits for people or people hate it. Right. You know, fucking Hurt by Johnny Cash, very different from the Nine Inch Nails version, right? Very Johnny Cash covered in my life by the Beatles extremely differently. Right. And that that type of shit hits for me too. But he didn't really do that. He just kind of right. did the song. So I like it. Anyway, this is a total tangent. I the reason I brought I this up it. was the reason I brought this up is because because of that, people have been talking about Tracy Chapman again. And they've been talking about how like it don't hit for her for, for people to talk about it, right? So I'm not yeah. so it's been kind of ironic because all these people have been on the internet. It's her. like like Tracy Chapman's extremely private and doesn't want anyone to interview her or talk about her or know about her private life at all. Here's everything we could dig up on the right. you know, on the famed recluse. Right. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to talk about her. It just got me to thinking about people that hit real hard and just disappear. Right. Like it's that a dream. We could see is that's what I was going to ask you. I know we used to always talk about we always called it the, the one good lick doctrine. Like you the just dream. hit one real good lick and just fuck off forever. And I've always said I wanted to do that. And I think I do want to do that. I think the the guy in recent history who did it the absolute best, in my opinion, is Tom from MySpace. Tom from yes. MySpace. If you're shopping while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast, then you know and love the thrill of the hunt. But are you getting the thrill of the best deals? Rakuten shoppers do. They get the brands they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Macy's, Adidas, Walmart, Nike, Wine.com, Samsung, Lenovo, Sephora, and more and even stack sales on top of cash back. It's easy to use, and you get your cash back through PayPal or check. The idea is simple. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. MySpace blew up first, first big social media thing to blow up. It later died, but before it died, he, they had that top friends feature. Tom was every American's top friend at a period in time, hugely famous. You know, he was the fucking 
the Zuck and Musk and all that of the alts, right? Because of MySpace, he and sold it. Dick. He sold it for like a billion fucking dollars or whatever. It, the people who bought it, I can't remember who bought it, Google or Yahoo or one of those big giants bought it. AOL, I think, bought it, murdered it, drove yeah. it into the fucking ground, right? But he was gone. Deuces. And he just he just took his money and went to the beach, and he's just been on the beach ever since. He takes pictures because he likes taking pictures, but that's yeah. it. And it's like, dude, that is what's up. And some people feel that they just can't can't go away no matter what. But then there's the opposite of people who hit, and it's like they almost it's almost like they never wanted to hit in the first place. Right? You know what I mean? Or they just like their dream was like, I, yeah, to be a I, writer, but not to be hounded by fucking yeah, sycophants and or people who like under like people who really understand what the value of money is which the value of money is security and freedom it's not power like there's some people like elon musk that look at money as power and there's some people that look at money like security and freedom and it's like there is a certain amount of money that you can have to where you don't have to do anything anymore like most americans look at they look at, they go, there is a retirement age. Once you make a certain amount of money, you then get to retire. But then there's this whole other group of people who are like, what do you mean retire? You can't have enough money. You know what I mean? And it's rare. It's rare that someone who is able to make billions of dollars falls into the category of people who money is enough for them. But Tom happened to fall into that category. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, but it's just, it's a wild and fascinating thing. So I looked up, you know, American, famous examples of Americans who've done this. And I found a bunch, obviously, some of them are like famous for that. Like, uh, you know, Howard Hughes, the whole, you know, Leo played him in the Scorsese movie, The Aviator or whatever. Where are you at on that movie? Uh, I mean, I like it. It's not, it's not like among my favorites of Scorsese's uh, offerings. But if it wasn't a a Scorsese movie. movie... Uh, I mean, you know, I think it hits. I I like the movie. Yeah. It's not one. It, why? Well, I mean, what about you? Well, I just think that like my my thing on that movie is I think that it gets uh talked about badly because it's a Scorsese movie, and if it wasn't a Scorsese movie, it would get talked about better. You know, oh, what I don't I mean? even know that people didn't like that movie. People don't yeah, like yeah. that movie. Uh, not not really because I think oh, it's I didn't like, even know that be- because they compare it to like all the other Scorsese movies, but like. I just think it's beautifully shot, and I think that and dude, but you know me, I'm such a sucker for old Hollywood shit. I just think me it's, too. That's I just probably think why it's beautifully, I like it. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, go ahead. I'm uh, sorry. Another absolute first ballot Hall of Fame. One good liquor. I mean, every head must bow, every tongue must profess. Is fucking Harper Lee, the person oh, who yeah. wrote "To Kill yeah, a Mocking To Kill a Mockingbird." You know the rumors behind that. Tell me. You don't. I, I don't so know until you tell there, me. There is a great many people who suggest that the reason that Harper Lee only wrote the one book and then years later writes the other one, but it's not really that good. Well, there's two theories that the is other one of them the, that Truman Capote wrote it, that Truman Capote really wrote most of her I have, stuff. Now, I have heard that. Yeah. Now, now the other rumor that the last one wasn't that good is, well, she waited so long to write it and she was struggling with Alzheimer's at the end. But there's a lot of rumors that like, yeah, when she writes the first one, she's hanging out with Capote a lot and he like unofficially kind of ghost wrote it for her. 
and she maybe started a bunch of drafts on another thing, but never really had it. And frankly, you know, she didn't really have to. So why would she? But like, what's crazy about it is, is, is people go, well, you know, if you write that, why do you ever have to write another one again? But dude, you know how yeah. this business is. You don't always write because you have to. You know right. what I mean? Like, I can't imagine writing that and then going, I'm never going to write oh. again. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, she may have been tortured by it. Could, like, right. it may, like, I'll never hit see, again. I could see it going, I, I could see it going either way in a situation like that. It's like, you come out the gate, hit as hard as anybody's ever hit objectively, win all the highest awards and prizes right. and everything. Could not be a bigger, more resounding success. And you're scared. Timely as a motherfucker, right? And that thrusts you into the spotlight. And this is part of the official narrative. She, like, she goes around these press junkets, all this stuff, and it super did not hit for her, reportedly. Right. All that, like, publicity stuff and being in the limelight and shit, she didn't like it. I can see that happening. You being like, all right, well, you know, I'm going to get fucking high school English class royalty checks off this right. motherfucker until the end of time. So, like, yeah. you know, fuck it, because yeah. all the rest of that stuff didn't hit for me anyway. Or you're like, tortured by the fact that you will never ever ever top the first thing you ever did in all likelihood right. like the pressure has got to be just immense in a situation right. like that it's like you know my I mean, good, close, to my good close personal friend uh callie Corey. first right. thing she ever wrote was thelma and louise won the right. academy award massive success whatever and she's gone on to have a great career i think right. she herself would admit I, objectively she has not gotten back to Thelma and Louise because that was like cultural phenomenon hard right. to replicate type but she's shit. Tried. But she's kept going and she's kept hitting too. So you know, like but I, I you can do it, obviously. I can understand I can understand both. I can totally understand both. Having never done either, it's easy for me to say. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know what I mean? But like there's part of me, like in my one good lick doctrine, it's never like in my dream, it's never do something that hits so hard that you get residual checks your whole life so you never have to do anything again. In my dream, it's never, and I never do anything again. It's that I never have to do anything again. So I don't spend my entire life going to meetings and doing all this stuff. I just do everything on spec. You know what I mean? I continue yeah. I continue working, but like if, if HarperCollins doesn't want to buy my next book, I self-publish because I don't need the fucking money. But like, you know, as like, the creative people that we are, I'm like, I wouldn't even, what do, what do you mean? I don't do anything. I do. I don't do this shit for the money. I have to have the money to live. So I do things. But like, if you take away, if, if, if you give me all the money in the world, I'm still going to do this. Like matter of fact, at the beginning of our careers, that's why club owners had us under their thumb because we were going to do it anyways. They'd just give us a hundred dollars. Yeah. Yeah. You say do this. What do you mean? Just be creative in some capacity. If I like, had if, to scratch if someone, your itch. If yeah, if someone gave me a a, a a blank check and was like, "You will never have to work again in your life. All your money is taken care of." I would make short films every year. I would put out a short film, and every year I would write a short story. And I would do a pod. I would still do this podcast. Obviously, it's just that we would have a studio. Uh, I would build a studio out there. And I'd fly out to do half the episodes there and I'd build a studio here and I'd, you'd fly out here. You know what I mean? Like I would still do all this. It's just that we wouldn't have to worry about 
selling ads. You you don't get what I'm saying? Like I wouldn't change yeah. anything. I just wouldn't worry anymore. Yeah, for sure. No, I know. I th I just I think that I I don't know. Sometimes I think like, yeah, I would definitely keep doing shit just because I want to. But then other times I'm like, I don't know. I'm, <laughs> I might I would, be able to just I might be able to just no, not do shit for a while. If I, I would take if I had bigger millions and millions of dollars in the bank. Like, I would take I would take bigger vacations. But Trey, listen, buddy, I know you say that, and yeah, there might be a couple years that you didn't do anything. But yeah. I know you. You're incapable. You love to write. Like when me and you are hanging out drunk. It's all you talk about is I got this idea for this. Like you don't do, I've never once heard you pitch me something because, and you've never, when you pitch me something, you never once said, I think this would get bought for $5 million. It was, I think this is a great fucking idea. You know what I mean? Because you were excited yeah. because it was funny. If you had all the money in the world, you would spend it on a fucking 4k IMAX camera so that your shit would get shot. <laughs> we would just have fun. Yeah. Very possibly, but yeah, I could see it about that. It is an interesting thought that Truman Capote, because yeah, her and Truman were were besties or whatever, and he obviously yeah, she was his beard probably for a while. You know, he kept going like he he hit repeatedly for a while while yeah. she just had the one thing. The story on the To Kill Mockingbird manuscript is that she turned it in and it was in nightmarish shape, but that yeah. they they saw that there was something there, and reportedly they went back and forth with her for like a year or two i think like multiple yeah. different revisions hammering it into shape basically but also it's one of those just like time and place type things like yeah. to kill a mockingbird given the subject matter it came out in like 1961 or 62 like yeah 10 years I, later it wouldn't have been as you know what i mean like the perfect time she's from alabama just like it was just like that was a real stars aligning uh type yeah. of type of moment Y'all, I want to talk to you about our friends at Every Plate. A dollar means something again. You got a buck, get a dollar steak for life. Simply add a 10-ounce ranch steak to your weekly order for just a dollar per box while your subscription is active. I don't know about y'all, but I used to think that having a subscription meal kit used to mean it was more money, but that is not uh, the case. The case rather now that's raising the stakes for dinner baby look to budget your food expenses this february save big and eat great with america's best value meal kit their meals are cheaper than your average fast casual meal so ditch the takeout to save money while still enjoying fresh satisfying meals they're the easiest way to eat affordably you can Count on every plate to make meal times easier without compromising on quality. Every plate recipes include only the highest quality ingredients, including sustainably sourced seafood that meets the Monterey Bay Aquarium Seafood Rankings. Oh, you know it's good, baby. You know what I'm saying? Make the sustainable choice, too, this February. Every plate offsets 100% of their delivery emissions, and their meals have 31% lower carbon footprint on average than supermarket meals of the same portion. Plus, nearly all packaging materials are curbside recyclable in most areas in the U.S. Trey, you are a huge Every Plate devotee. Am I wrong here? Oh, no, not wrong at all. Have been for quite some time now. I mean, like, I'm talking seven, eight years, and I'm not exaggerating. I've been on board, get it every single week. Huge part of my life, became a big fan immediately. The thing I always I liked about it right off the bat was that uh, I used to get so annoyed with myself. I'd go shopping for groceries and I'd try to plan things out because I go going to the grocery store don't particularly hit for me. So I'd try to plan the whole week out or whatever and buy all the stuff I needed. 
invariably some of that stuff would end up going bad and I had to throw it away and it was happening all the time and I hate wasting food. It was driving me crazy. And then as soon as I got into this every plate thing, that was the first thing I noticed is that's not a problem anymore because they do all that measuring for you and you ain't even got to worry about it. Also the planning I mentioned, you ain't got to do that either. It makes your life easier while still giving you an opportunity to chop it up in the kitchen and feel all fancy and chefified and stuff, which is something that I enjoy. Also all this, all their offerings are just really good. They got this uh, creamy dill chicken. It is a first ballot hall of fame option as far as I'm concerned. And yeah, I just, you know, I preach from the mountaintop of every plate to anybody that, uh, you know, I talk to in life about food and cooking or any of that stuff. I'm a big, big fan. And I think you will be too, if you give it a shot. So here's what you can do. You can get a, your meals starting at just $1.49 plus $1 steaks for life by going to everyplate.com slash podcast and then entering the code 49POA. Subscription must be active to qualify and redeem $1 steak. Again, you get started with every plate with starting at just $1.49 per meal and dollar steaks for life by going to everyplate.com slash podcast and then entering the code 49POA. Subscription must be active to qualify and redeem the $1 stake. Check it out. Check out every plate. I think you'll like it, and we appreciate them sponsoring the podcast, y'all. That is a up to $110 value. How hard does that hit? Ew. Yeah. Another guy, Bobby Fisher. Oh, uh, yeah. Bobby Chess Fisher, boy. chess prodigy in the 60s. And I do mean prodigy. Like he was, when he was like seven years old, he went to this exhibition that a grandmaster was having in New York. And he did lose to the guy, but he like played him tough for like 15 or 20 minutes. And everybody in the crowd was like, what the fuck is going on? Because again, he's seven years old and he's playing against a grandmaster. So I mean, he was like, by every definition of prodigy, uh, won all kinds of chess championships, became number one in the world, became a grandmaster, won the world championship multiple times, set records, innovated in the chess game, changed rules, all this shit. Bobby Fischer, just a chess phenom. And uh, talking about the timing thing, this was at like the height of the Cold War, okay? Right. And Russia fucking dominates at chess historically. Why right? do you think that is? I think they just play the fuck out of it. And also right. like, you know, how they, like they probably got, dude, they probably got like chess factories where they got like, <laughs> you know, kids that show promise. They get shoved into this gulag yeah. where they fucking make them play chess all goddamn day or, you know, or fucking work the fields or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but like they, they typically dominate at it. We were trying to beat them at anything and everything at that time. And Bobby Fisher is an American, you know? So like, Again, he became a cultural phenomenon. Dude, I was thinking the Russians, man, we had to be pissing them off so much because, like, there was that. There was the miracle on ice, right? Yeah. It, and uh, the, moon. The, fuck, the moon, obviously. Yeah, again, like we talked about on Well Read recently, like, they beat us in every single milestone in the yeah. space race except for the Super Bowl at the end, making Order it to the, the moon. And because of that, no one remembers the rest of it, but it's true. Like they were whipping our ass, but we beat them to the finish line. And that's all that matters. And all kinds of, anyway, I just think it's fascinating. Like we were, we were really rocking shit during the cold war. I feel like, uh, we should do a whole special on the moon. Moon does hit. Moon does moon hit. hit. Moon hits. Oh, look at uh, that. Moon does hit. Yeah. Um, anyway, Bobby Fisher. So he did all that. 
And then he just kind of fucked off forever, right? How he like, made all the money in the chess. Well, so first of all, I didn't know this, but again, chess, because in other places like in Russia, it's huge and whatnot. If you're at like the world championship level, they make, they don't get, they got good prize purses for those. Pe- people chess are paying matches. to see this, like a lot of yeah. money. Yeah. You ain't never watched The Queen's Gambit? It's a I, fictional I, I show, but want to start it because I love Anna Taylor Joy and it's a good, Netflix. It's, a good show. it's one of the most thumbs up shows, and I've it's heard it's really good. It is good, but yeah, it's it's about this era of chess, but again, it's fictionalized. Yeah. But uh, anyway, because in reality, women don't hit at it. That's not what I mean, right? Uh, yeah, of course. That, no, but it, it weirdly, they're not. This is a whole can of worms, obviously, but they do separate women and men in the chess world. It, be, for one thing, they just always did. But like lately, people have been like, okay, look, you can say what you want about physical athletics, right? Trey, like, their brains are different. You don't have see, to. I, but I'm saying people are like, yeah, if you're talking about track, swimming, wrestling, whatever, of course, you have to separate men and women. <laughs> it's It would be crazy right. not to. But right. do we really need to separate them in chess, right? Like, this is antiquated <laughs> right. and sexist. It has nothing to do with fit. It's right. just it's brain stuff, it's whatever. Silly. And and people point this out. And then here's the can of worms. And other people point out, okay, but women pretty much exclusively get dominated by men at chess, though. <laughs> like, statistically, you know, it's like, right. it's like they do play each other sometimes and uh, it don't go well for them. So, like, most women, apparently most women chess players have, like, campaigned in recent years to keep it segregated. Right. Because they're Acting like, too. they're like, this is the way that I keep hitting at it, you know. Right. Uh, so, anyway, I don't know. But, anyway, I'm not drawing any conclusions from that i'm just reporting the news here that's what i heard but anyway hey, what are you gonna he, do uh, he went up against this guy boris spassky boris spassky right this boris russian, spassky. Of, of course it was a russian right he was became his like arch rival and everything and uh he became the champion he was a champion multiple times over and then in 72 no 75 he beca- so he became the champion in 72 stayed the champion for three plus years 75 he refused to defend his title because I don't know if you know this about Bobby Fisher, but he was a bit of a weirdo. Uh, he had all yeah, these, really? like, he had all these demands about uh, the like parameters of the match or whatever, which of course are not up to him. They're up to the governing body or whatnot. But he just like he was like, "No, we're going to do it this way," and they're like, "We can't do it that way, Bobby." Wait. And he's like, "Well, then I'm not going to do it." And he just didn't do it. He just walked away. He didn't defend it, his title, so that he uh, he vacated his title in '75, and then like fucked off and basically vanished into the shadows for like a long time after that damn near 20 years in 92 he reemerged to do an exhibition rematch against boris spassky his old rival uh which he did win and that match had the biggest purse in the history of chess five million dollar purse for the winner of that match joe that's what i was saying earlier uh well five million dollar purse total the winner gets 3.5 i think so even the loser gets a million and a half yeah Explain to, to me what you mean by he he didn't like the parameters of the match. Are there different type like are there different types of chess? Uh, no. I mean, I you know I don't know. It's just what I uh, you know. It just says he yeah, could not reach just, right. an agreement with the FIDE, the governing body, over the conditions. Okay. Of the match. Uh, I didn't know if it was just like oh no, I wanted to play bingo bongo, but he's trying to play skins. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. So he fucked off for a while and he came back and did that and then fucked off again, basically. Um, along the way, he wrote a book about chess, which is regarded as essential reading. If you're oh, in the chess. I bet that's a shit ton. Yeah. Uh, it, again, it's like in the chess world, it's like one of their Bibles. And evidently. TV appearances. And he probably <sighs> sold his story for like movies and stuff. Right. But he was gone for most of the time. He, then at some point in the 80s, when he was missing, this other chess grandmaster apparently came forward and was like, hey, Bobby Fisher's been living with me, and, and we've been playing chess. And uh, and this dude, I, I don't remember, I can't see it, find it now, but the other chess grandmaster, I mean, this guy hit real hard at chess, too. He was like, he was currently playing. Fisher had been in hiding, but now Fisher, him and Fisher, him and this dude were hanging out and fucking playing chess or whatever, and he said that he'd literally never beaten him. Right. And didn't think he ever would and said that it seemed like Fisher wasn't even trying and that uh, like Bobby was of the opinion that no one was worthy of playing him in chess on the planet <laughs> anymore. And that's part of why he left. And this other grandmaster was like, and as far as I'm concerned, that seems to be the truth. Uh, so, God damn. you know, um, anyway, he would emerge every now and then for some, some one off like that or his other, arguably his real love his true passion in life, uh, to rant and rave about how much he don't like the Jews. Uh, that oh was my God. A big, big thing. And it's particularly ironic considering, uh, Bobby Fisher was a Jew, but I he was just about didn't, to say, uh, he didn't, no. he would, he never claimed it or admitted it, but I mean, he was, you know, Judaism passes through the mother, right? You're considered right. a Jew. If your mother is a Jew, that's how it works. Well, his mother was the, full-blooded jewish daughter of two polish jewish immigrants his mama was a full jew there's controversy over his dad the guy that's listed as his, as his dad who was never around is not jewish but years later these investigative reporters came out and like you know the whole like prince harry type thing yeah people like found that it's highly suspected that his real father was this other dude who was Jewish, which would mean like he's just straight up 100% Jewish, Bobby well, Fisher. Well, I personally but never he met. hated Jews, dog. Hated. I personally Denied never the met Holocaust, a Jew. said they ran the world, all that shit. I personally never met a Jew that didn't hate themselves, so that checks. But <laughs> yeah, I'd, I guess that's true, yeah. But I'd, but I'd, and it's weird because like now that I think about it, I never like heard anybody say that Bobby Fisher was Jewish, but like, I always assumed he was Jewish for some reason. I have no idea. Like, I don't know. Being a chess master seems like a Jewish thing to me for some reason. Yeah. Um, so I was not expecting you to say that he was a raging anti-Semite. Raging anti-Semite. Do you Last think one. that we, do you think Go that ahead. me and you are considered like the Southern equivalents of anti-Semites to some people? Uh, BPP told us that Bobby Fisher refused to play the then standard best of 24 games. That's what it oh, was. Okay. He didn't want to, right that, that's the parameters he had a problem with. Thank you, BPP. Okay. Our anti, what do you mean? Like we are like Jewish anti-Semites? No, 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 no. I'm saying because we, people assume that, um, because of certain beliefs, uh, we are anti-Southern or whatever that we're like. Right. So like yeah, a yeah. Jewish anti-Semite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, self-hating rednecks or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, bro. But my Twitter bio and Instagram bio stuff says comedian and renowned blood, blood trader. trader. Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. because like, yeah, totally people think that. Yeah. <laughs> I think, so I guess it's, you know, like. 
So I guess it's like a, you know, it's a thing, you know. So I think, and I would argue there's some pretty major differences, but uh, it so. just in just hating all the Jews versus hating like clan members. You don't think even if you're from the south, if you're from the south, and you're like clan don't hit for me. That's the same as being like I'm Jewish, but fuck the Jews. Same I don't thing. think that's the same. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't really see much of a difference. Anyways, go ahead. All right. Uh, last one. I'll throw it over to you. I mean, I'm there's, being there's a million. There's a million more of these, but the last uh, one I wanted to reference is Betty Page. Do you know Betty? It's funny. Yeah, I know Betty, Betty Page. Betty Page, the pinup queen of the fifties. Yeah. What's so wild Jeez is cake. You know where she's from? Starkville, Mississippi. Nashville, Tennessee. Um, same thing. And, uh, but it's funny. I never ever thought of her. Everybody I feel like knew at least at some point was aware who Betty Page was pent up yeah. darling from the fifties or whatever. Got painted on a bunch of rockets and shit and fucking stuff like that. Uh, but I never thought of her as being Southern at all. So when I found out she was from Nashville. I was like, Oh shit. All right. But her full name was Betty May Page, which is like, nice. they should have stuck with that. Southern as hell. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, I also didn't realize I knew she was a pinup queen, but she was like doing bondage shit in the fifties. She was doing Do you know what now? That? Bondage shit. What? Like, like ball gags and whips and shit. Yeah. That's wild. Now 50s, every dog. Every pinup like, thing I can remember her from, she's wearing like a black bustier type thing. And I remember yeah. possibly like leather cuffs and stuff like that. We're like it she also does, did jungle lady stuff, like leopard yeah. print shit. So, like, I can definitely see, like, you know. She made a lot of those herself, by the way. No doubt? Mm-hmm. A lot of okay. those a lot of those outfits she wore in her iconic shoots, she uh, she made herself. Stubborn but anyway. women know how to sew, buddy. The fucking, yeah, she was, also, she was the salute, salutatorian of her class at Hume Fogg High School, which is, like, the most prestigious or hitness high school in Nashville. It's, like, a smart kid school, and she was I salutatorian of her class. Uh, despite being uh, molested by her f- drunk of a father, naturally, oh, and boy, it's given up more. to an orphanage at the age of 10 for a couple years. Where she had a fucked up childhood. Lord, and was still she was, reincarnated as you? Right. She still, <laughs> yeah, she still managed to, to hit and everything. And then, um, but she went to a church in Key West and there was all kinds of different races there praising the Lord together. And it moved her so much. She like racist or races races. There were so many different types of races. Like there was like Cubans, blacks, whites, all in one church, praising the Lord together and being, what's the word? What do you like when you celebrate, but for Jesus, there's a word for that, right? Reveling. Uh, No, I mean, sure. But there's another, Uh, I don't know. Communing, I don't know. I feel like there's a word for like fucking really partying for Jesus. Uh, uh, reveling counts, but I just feel like I know what way. you mean. It, uh, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, uh, but anyway, fucking God damn um, it! You're fucking killing me here. Rejoicing. Deb, Dale said praising. I already said praising. praising Re- rejoicing. rejoicing. Nah, sure. And, and that's, and that's fine. Uh, anyway, I'm going to remember it at three in the morning and text you. It inspired you. her so much. She gave her heart over to Jesus, which don't hit obviously. And uh, that effectively ended her pinup career in 1959 because that she don't hit. No. Cause she thought the Lord don't want her showing her titties and stuff. You know how that goes. But the devil was making her so much money. 
I know, I'm with you. Yeah, you, I wonder if she came to regret it later because she kind of, again, then disappeared. Uh, and then hey, say that she got saved one more time. Betty Page got saved. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Including at one point, she worked full time for fucking Billy Graham. Do you know that? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. It don't hit. I, I agree. Saved it. I agree. It don't hit. But anyway, uh, and then, you know, years later, she kind of just disappeared into obscurity. Then in the 80s, you know how, like, in our. And when we were in our 20s, girls were fucking all of a sudden obsessed with Marilyn Monroe again. Oh, put yeah. Marilyn Monroe on backpacks and purses and all kinds of shit. If you don't, if you don't, love, if you don't love me at my worst, you don't deserve, deserve me at me my best. best. And I'm like, and bitch, you're drunk on Four loco. Get the fuck right. out of my apartment. Yeah. Yeah, that's such an insane thing to say or believe. I've always thought yeah. that. But anyway, uh, apparently that happened with Betty Page in the 80s, which obviously before my time I didn't realize that. But that same thing happened with Betty Page in the 80s. She had a resurgence like without even her even participating, which led to people being like, what the fuck ever happened to her? So they go and like, yeah. look her up and like, she got old and sort of not hidden and refused to be photographed and, and uh, but also was crazy and kept stabbing people. And uh, like Very she Christian held her ever. husband and stepchildren at knife point once once uh threat like threatening to murder them if they didn't praise the lord um yeah. like <laughs> you'll have that yeah so she attacked two different landladies stabbed one of them pretty bad got put in a mental institution for 10 years mm. right uh, got out and pretty much died she the lifestyles of the rich and famous reached out to her in its heyday in 1993 and when they did she said uh she was like oh I don't know why you're talking to me. I'm penniless and infamous, right? Which is pretty much how she died, which don't hit. So yeah, she uh she found the Lord and went crazy all at the same time and kind of just should have stuck with the devil. You yeah. know, I was, I was gonna cover lifestyles of the rich and the famous this week, and then I balked on it. Robin Leach, lifestyles of the rich and the famous. I know for sure that's come up on this show it's before, but I don't think we've yeah. It's come up. I did I did a I did a dive on our old episodes. We've never covered it at large, but it has come up. Betty Page, man, I would have never guessed that she, uh, I'm telling you, dude, see, it's a tale as old as time. You, you hit and then you give your life to the Lord and it goes bad. That's exactly what happened to Mace. 90s yes, rapper Mace. It is. Harlem Things World came out and Harlem World came out and it's like, this dude is the next big thing in the rap world. I was a huge fan. And he Me found too. the Lord and immediately fell off. Never yep. returned. Yeah, it sure did. Don't hit. All right. What do you got? Uh, well, I need to pee. And then as soon as we get back, Trey, I'm going to talk to you about, uh, now my very favorite war. And you know that I love war. Um, the war of the emus. Mm-hmm. Right after this. Oh, yeah. Okay, let's do it, Mike. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Y'all, it's around this time of year, early on, and in any given year, we all start thinking about, what do I need to change? Things we could do better, things you could change about yourself. We focus so much on what we should be doing differently in order to improve ourselves. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that or that we shouldn't do that. It's just, you know, what about all the stuff you're doing right? Maybe there are places where you're already crushing it does it have to be new year new you every new year maybe it can be you know same you but hitting a little harder why not all of us have something that we're doing right right i mean every new year's we get obsessed with how to change ourselves instead of just expanding on the things that we may already be doing correctly you should give yourself credit sometimes maybe you finally organize one part of your space you want to tackle another maybe you're taking your supplements every morning now you want to actually eat 
a healthy breakfast too. You know, therapy can help you figure all this out, help you find your strengths so you can ditch the extreme resolutions and just make changes that really stick and add up for your lifestyle therapy. Very powerful tool, Cho. It's a very powerful tool, and I'm a huge uh, vocal proponent of it. Uh, I've benefited huge, and BetterHelp was the tool that I used uh, even before you know we started using them. Uh, it just makes sense for me, especially during the pandemic when you couldn't go anywhere. It made sense, but also because I don't like to go anywhere. It was great for me to be like, what, I don't have to make an appointment and go see a person. I can do it behind my computer. That is great. And here's the thing, guys. Um, you hear it all the time, suck it up, just, you know, just, I'll, just, you know, smile or whatever. Look, if your arm was hurting, uh, would you trust yourself to just make your arm feel better? Well, why would you think that you could do that with your brain? That is way more complicated than your arm. It is totally okay to need some help with your brain. Um, whether that be medication or just therapy, I benefit from both and there's no shame in that. Uh, you know, so if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Celebrate the progress you've already made. Visit BetterHelp.com slash POA today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash POA, Better H-E-L-P dot com slash POA to get 10% off your first month. Do it for your brain, for you, and heck, for your loved ones. Skew. All right, we're back. What was that? Some kind of like potion, cocktail, um, like Woodford Reserve. An anti antioxidant. Oh, no. Whiskey. <laughs> Shot of whiskey. Okay, that hits harder. I thought you were. I thought you were on like a clean living thing as of late. So I thought it was like fucking apple last cider episode? vinegar or something. Remember last episode? What I told you? That didn't hit for you. Yeah. Well, I told you that uh, I had been uh, sober for like a month and a half, and uh, I wanted to do the opposite of what when people have been drinking for a long time and they say they need to dry out. I said I needed to wet up, and uh, yeah. So I'm doing that. All right. Well, that hits. Let's talk about these big ass birds then. Yeah, that's what it in is. Australia. Talking, huh? talking about these Australian motherfuckers. It just got me uh, in the mood to drink. Yeah. So, that makes sense. This is a delightful tale, Trey. So basically, do you know anything about the War of Emus? You always like to start off by telling me stuff that you know. Um. It comes up a lot in uh, as a reference on like Reddit and shit as a way for people to make fun of Australians because I don't know the details of it at all. No, I just know that they Australia somehow famously fought a war against emus and <laughs> lost. Um, so yeah. that's really all I know about it. But I do think that's funny. I've definitely read about it at various points because like it comes up and I'm like, what's that about again? And then, but I, then I just re forget. Yeah, so as you know, uh, the British government, as they're wont to do, colonized Australia. Yeah, uh, with their trash, right? They threw all yeah. the trash down there, drunks and convicts and stuff. Drunks, convicts, you know. Debtors. Woman beaters, debtors, all that shit. Just, the same way Georgia got founded, right? 
Yes, it's the exact mm-hmm. same. Yeah, we are the uh, Georgia is the Australians uh, of America. So it's because I it's because adjacent to Georgia. You know, I always think of Australia as being like the Florida of Oceania. They they got a lot of Florida tendencies. They're kind of beach bummy and insane and fucked up and do wild shit. Um, and and if and you think funny. about like our accents, like if you take the Florida or you take the Australian accent right here, and then You're you right. just short and you just sort of slow it down a little bit, then you get up towards Alabama. You know what I mean? Like it's not really yeah, mate. that no, far. Yeah. Might be onto something there. Yeah, anyway, right. I mean, yeah, I'm just saying. So, yeah, they made so, Australia after World War One. Uh, the government purchased ninety thousand hectares uh-huh. of land. I refuse to look up how much that is. It's a um, bunch. It's a bunch, right? Uh, and to pay back the Australians I mean, for It's fighting. pretty much one Australia's worth, ain't it? Yeah, I would say, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They bought yeah. the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, to pay back the Australians for fighting in the war, uh, they were going to divvy it up between all the soldiers uh, so that they could farm it, right? Uh, so twenty, it, it, this is it. so twenty thousand government assisted farms were going to spring up out of this deal. And by the way, uh, in the most, outback, in the outback, yeah. So now they could grow anything out there. Well, that's what they came to find out, right? Right. right yeah. <laughs> also, by the way, most of these soldiers had never farmed, so. Right. It got it got divvied up uh, between twenty thousand government assisted farms uh, sprung up out of this, and it got divvied up from the top down. So, like you know, the better soldiers got the good land first, and the last ones ended up having to take land in Perth because I'm uh-huh. led to believe that Perth don't hit, which I never. It's knew. just that it's just that Perth is all the way. I mean, Australia is like almost as big of a country as fucking America is, but yeah most of all of it is empty except for around the coast because the interior, the outback is fucking uninhabitable basically, or just right. about. So like Perth is like the only major city on the Western side of Australia. So it's like every other Australian city is over here on the East and then 2,500 miles away by itself is Perth all the way on the opposite side of the country. Um, but I've heard that the city, in spite of that, the city itself is supposed to be lovely. That's what I've heard. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's what I've heard. So anyways, uh, the government was like, all right, here's what we're going to do. Uh, thank you for the war. All y'all did. Appreciate that. Um, we're going to let y'all grow wheat, and we will buy it back from y'all for a shit ton of money. And um, so what constituted a shit ton of money back then was uh, 14 shillings uh, for a bushel. And but here's the deal. Another problem that they uh, they didn't actually have as much land as they thought they had. So some of these soldiers got supremely fucked. And not only were they fucked on the size of their land, but as we mentioned earlier, some of it wasn't even a little bit farmable at all and had huge infestations of rabbits who just sit around and fuck and make other rabbits. And there were other such vermin which we'll get to in a little bit as they are the subject of this segment and on top of all that the government was like oh wow sorry about this problem mate but uh about that whole 14 shillings a bushel uh that's a bit steep as we've come to find out they ended up offering them about four pence a bushel which is like 
way, way less, less than yeah. 14 shillings. Um, and, and, I, and, and, and Trey, before you, how, many, how much know, is that in dollar dues? No, that? it's a law and the digeries is even less. Yeah. Um, no, I thought it's like a fraction of a dollar do that sit four pence, pence, shillings, dollar do shekels of all these, uh, whimsical types of currency. Anyway, go ahead. Well, I know this is all very confusing to you, Trey, because this is the government and we both know that they care about their veterans. Um, it's, over there should be the same as here. Um, but regardless, you know, for them, four pence is better than no pence. So they start uh -huh. growing their, they start growing their wheat, but herein lies the problem. Uh, do you know, Trey, off the top of your head, who loves wheat? Uh, animals. Emus, Trey. Yeah. Emus love wheat. So now here comes all these emus riding up over the hills like the fucking dirty dozen. And these farmers fields become the goddamn Appomattox courthouse, baby. So these farmers are sitting there. They're growing wheat for the first time in their life. They see these these fucking emus come over their 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 land and they don't know what to do. They're they're not farmers. They're soldiers. So they just start shooting uh, at these emus and they they're just like i don't i don't know anything about farming but i'm a dead aim with a rifle so they start fucking just do just start shooting at this emu and they they notice that they're like this emu's not going down you know what i mean they're like i, I know i'm hitting it like i was just i was just shooting at germans you know and this emu's not going down like this dude shoots this emu like six times and he's like, it's still coming at me 45 miles an hour. And they realize that like, dude, emus can really like take a hit. And by the way, okay. we're talking like, I'm not talking about a couple emus. We're talking 20,000 emus cresting this hill. So the farmers are like, well, we can't do this on our own. So they turn to the people that were supposed to have their backs in the first place, which is, uh, the Australian Army, more specifically, Major General P.W. Meredith. So the government, the government's very willing to help Trey, but not really because they actually give a shit, because they don't, but because they see this as an opportunity to beat their chest and say that they care about the troops because they see an opportunity for propaganda. So they, <laughs> because, dude, listen to this, they... They go, yeah, we'll help you. The first thing they asked for was, can you send some machine guns? So uh -huh. they fucking, they send machine guns out there. Not only do they send machine guns, they send out a fucking Fox, a Fox movie tone news cameraman because they're like, we're going to capture all of this on film because they wanted all of this to go to the local news stations so that everybody could see that the Australian government was going to be on the scene to help out their veterans thoughts so far sounds like a good idea to me i'm gathering from your tone it didn't quite go that way but uh yeah i like where their heads are at no sir it does not um anyways it, it, what's happening so far is that i'll catch everybody up the government uh will not pay uh the veterans uh, the amount of money that they require for the wheat, uh, but they will uh, pay to send a camera crew out to film 
people shooting emus in the head. That's where we're at right now. Um, however, <laughs> the government has to tell these veterans who are on these farms that they're going to send an army out there and a camera crew out there and machine guns out there to help them uh, blow these emus to smithereens. But the veteran farmers are going to have to provide all of the ammunition and all of the food and the lodging for the soldiers. And they're like, well, fuck, okay, I guess we're going to have to do that. So the press gets a hold of this and it's already being made fun of in town and it's been dubbed the Great Emu War. So when the soldiers arrive there, there's three of them, by the way. There's these, th there's three soldiers who were dedicated to this with, you know, General M.P. Sherman. There's a storm gathering, like it's it's cloudy, there's thunder and stuff, which that makes the emus like really erratic. All twenty thousand of these emus are just like fucking like scattering all over the place. They spot a huge flock of these emus under some brush. So this army of four, the general and the three soldiers, they just start opening fire with machine guns. And their first round of fire comes up short. They could see the dust, like, you know, fire everywhere. And when the dust settles, they can realize, like, okay, all 20,000 of these emus are still sitting there, like, totally fine. And after all of that is done, they had only killed two emus. And they have, like, wasted so much money in bullets to kill two emus. So General Meredith, he's like, all right, we got to pack it in for the day. And he's taking this very serious. Like, all the, dude, all of this is being treated like a genuine army mission. Like, this yeah. guy, like, they're in, they're in fatigues. Like, this is like a fucking, like an Aaron Sorkin, like, drama. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Well, yeah, that's just, yeah, man, he's a colonel or general or whatever. Those dudes, you know, they take shit seriously, even right. when it's birds. Right. And the press is giving them shit. And also, so fucking General Meredith had promised on the second day, he tells them all, he like holds a press conference, and he's just like, I promise you, today we're going to bring back a 100 emu skins and I'm going to make hats out of all of them from my battalion. <laughs> so, oh. so on the second day, General Meredith and his men, they're holding up in the house like he's making all of his plans because he's telling them all, he's like, listen, the emus are hiding out in the woods. So Meredith is like, they can't stay there that long because eventually they're going to need water, okay? And he's like, and he's telling everybody, he's like, listen, emus, they normally don't fraternize with each other. But he's he's telling everybody he's like I'm afraid that these emus have made a pact. Okay, <laughs> right? Like, right. He's telling everybody like he's getting super serious with it because he's so he's like embarrassed. You know what yeah. I mean? Like the first day in his brain he's like, all right, I'm a fucking general. I'm gonna go through here with these machine guns and I'm gonna tear through these emus because he's not like in my mind I'm like he doesn't necessarily believe this these farmers that they're like dude i swear to god like i shot this emu in the chest six times and it didn't die he's like i'll get the fuck out of here i'm gonna go through there i'm gonna tear him up right so like 
he goes through on the, he's like, this will be a one day job. I'm going to have my machine gunner come out there and then it doesn't work. And so now the press is on his ass. Everyone in town's making fun of him. And he's just like, no, I'm telling you, man, like I know that emus, you know, naturally aren't like a species that works in tandem. But after one day, I think that these emus are smart emus. You know what I'm saying? Okay. And so, so he, he was uh, right in the fact that they couldn't stay in the woods long. And the next day they did all come running out. Like they all come running out of the woods because they need water or whatever. So he immediately runs up and mans his machine gun. Right. And he's got one of those machine guns like you yeah. see in like, you know, 1917 or whatever. That's got the chain that runs through right. all the shit. And he gets up on it and he's like, all right, this is your, you know, the, today's the day, motherfucker. And he gets up there, click, 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 click. His fucking machine gun jams. <laughs> machine gun jams. And the other soldiers, he's got two guys with him. They start firing their rifles, like, you know, instinctively, which causes the emus to go fucking insane. And they start running through the farmer's crops that they were trying to keep the emus out of and start yeah. fucking destroying them. Like right. they start destroying them. Trampling the shit out of everything. Just, I assume. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. trampling the shit out of them worse than if they had literally done nothing. This guy, this general guy talking about how he can just tell by looking at these are these are evil, bloodthirsty, <laughs> dangerous emus or whatever. Like kind of reminds me of that scene in Monty Python and the Holy Grail where the the, the rabbit, you know, it's like <laughs> yeah. the, the beast of sort of it's like it's like, is it behind the rabbits? You know, whatever. He's like, that's the ordinary rabbit. Look at, look at the bones. You know, he's got big, sharp teeth. And yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly uh, it. And then they run up there and the rabbit kicks their ass. So it's, exactly it's like it. a very similar situation. So that honestly may have been based on this. Yeah. Now that I think about yeah. it. Like, cause this happened in 1932. Like it wouldn't yeah. put it past, I wouldn't put it past Cleese and all those guys to have done this. So general Meredith rethreads his machine gun and is ready to go. But right at that time, the birds had retreated. Like they had been like, they saw their opportunity. And like, I just like to envision them like all these birds, just like, running away, smoking a cigar, just going, it ain't me. It yeah, ain't right. me. I ain't <laughs> yeah. no fucking Yeah. So, so anyways, the press is running stories about how the emus had outsmarted the Australian army. And it's like super not hitting for this fucking Meredith guy who like really thought that he was going to come in and mow down these fucking emus. So general Meredith is fucking pissed dude. And he decided he was like, you know what? fuck my plans right so he took one of these farmers trucks and just strapped his machine gun to the top of it like he just puts his machine gun on the top of it bro and this just, guy sounds like fucking Stephen lang's character from avatar or something he's but like exactly an, that Aus guy. an australian who's fighting birds though but like it sounds like like he's going rogue he's fucking jerry rigging up machine guns to the stop of a stolen tree he's like fuck it i'll i'll do it myself then you know like you know it's just all very on the nose you went more jason statham you're than right Hugh did, Jackman yeah. there but i liked it but no he's exactly that because dude again and I, i'm probably not conveying it as much as i should but like this guy is again 
Army generals have one speed. Like, he's treating this like fucking Rambo. Yeah. And he's getting fucking worked Waxed. to yeah. death right. by these fucking emus. And, yeah. like, the Australian press, rightfully so, is taking him to fucking task. And, like, you know, when you're doing something fucking R-worded, the uh-huh. best thing that you can do is to, like, take the piss out of yourself and, like, admit self-defeat. But, like, when you're an army general, you can't do that. Like, that's not something that you can do. You you, you are – you have to be serious all the time. This is fucking absolutely killing him. And, like, it's just fucking murdering me thinking about this fucking dude losing a goddamn war to a bunch of fucking emus and, like – I don't know. Just like, I'm just picturing this dude being in my mind. This dude is being played by David Lynch. You know what I mean? Just fucking (laughs) cigar. Like it's fucking, I don't know. It's fucking killing me. So anyways, like I said, he's fucking pissed. He scraps the plans. He took one of the farmer's trucks, strapped the machine gun to the top of it. And he's just driving it through the goddamn Australian outback. Right. Well, Trey, uh-huh. can you think of a couple problems with that? Uh, the the Australian outback is not flat fucking terrain. There's okay. potholes. There's fucking ditches everywhere. So he's driving this motherfucker. He's got the machine gun and shit. He's chasing all these fucking emus. He's firing, and the shit's just going. He's not hitting a single fucking emu at all like all the bullets are just going errant everywhere the only bird that he actually fucking killed was one that ran out in front of his goddamn car which by the way caused him to run off the road and wreck into a fence that they had put there to keep the emus out so he knocked it down (laughs) he knocked the fence down yeah that was there to keep the emus out. Trey, the war lasted for six fucking days. In the end, General Meredith damaged more crops than the emus were damaging in the first place. Yeah. When they did the debriefing, when they did the debriefing, Meredith was as fucking stone faced as Jack Nicholson in A Few Good Men. The damn, you guys, they were asking him about all this, and he was just trying so hard to save face. He was like, The damage done by these birds has to be seen to be believed. And they were just giving him shit about it. And he said, I'm telling you, if the Australian army had weapons that had the equivalent durability of these ostriches, we could take over the goddamn world. <laughs> <laughs> One politician was asked if the soldiers should get medals for this. And he said, if any medals are to be awarded, they most definitely should be awarded to the emus. Yeah. And that is how the emus. I mean, that's a pretty good uh, parable or metaphor for like just military intervention anyway. And a lot of times, you know what I mean? Like, it's just kind of like us in Iraq, but it's birds yeah, instead it's of Iraqis, yeah. you know, <laughs> or, or Afghanistan, take your pick, Vietnam, any of them. Uh, but yeah, go in there. Like, right, we'll, we'll fix it all. We'll make it all hit and then just make everything worse and fuck off. Anyway. Uh, but dude, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, 
they killed 200 emus. Yeah, out uh, of 20,000. 20, right. In six days. And yeah. they had machine guns. Yeah, that's insane. And, and again, not only did they only kill 200 emus out of 20,000, but they did more damage to the crops than the emus did. Like, <laughs> yeah, they, they like, dude, let's put this into perspective. They did better against the Germans. Like, yeah. that's crazy, dude. Like, that's, that's insane. And like, and maybe I saw it in my research and just forgot to write it down because I'm a fucking idiot. But like, it cost the taxpayers a lot of money for that to happen. <laughs> because like, we're talking like, for those 200, for those 200 emus that they got killed, it was, I think it was at least six to seven bullets an emu that yeah. that actually hit them, let alone the ones that missed them. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. it, it, it's just military. There's a great podcast, um, which I didn't listen to for this research, but there's a great podcast called Lines Led by Donkeys. And that phrase alone is just so apt for military incompetence at its finest in this regard. And frankly, I'm happy to be talking about it when it's not in America, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, does hit. BPP Texas and said an a hectare is equal to 2.47 acres or roughly two and a half times the size of a football field, which implies to me that a football field is roughly an acre, which would also mean that if there was 90,000 hectares, it'd be 225,000 acres thereabouts. That's so a about lot. 225,000 football fields worth of land. That's a whole lot. It's a shitload. That's about a whole Australia, ain't it? I have no idea. Dude, we don't realize how big shit is, you know? No, we don't. Like, shit's big. Shit is big. Yeah. Hey, by the way, before we get into airmail, um, I would like to say to tell everybody that we're getting close to a big milestone for this podcast that we just realized we're getting close to our hundredth anniversary and, uh, we will be announcing the, uh, actual date and time soon, but we're going to live stream this motherfucker. Ain't that right, Trey? Mm-hmm. We're That's gonna right. Live That's what we're going to do. Big, we're gonna uh, live. one zero zero episode. One zero zero episode. We're going to live stream this motherfucker. And by the way, that is because the people on our, uh, Reddit, our air editors, uh, suggested it. I took to, uh, Reddit, uh, how, how do you say it? It's our, our, what is it? What? Our Reddit, like it's, uh, our putting on airs. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. People on our putting on airs, I took to our putting on airs and said, what would y'all like for us to do for our hundredth episode? And, you know, pretty much the overwhelming response was y'all should live stream it. So we're going to. Uh, we're going to figure out the the date and time that works for us, and we will let y'all know, you know, possibly on the next episode. But thank y'all for everyone that is participating over there at our putting on airs. And thank you all to everyone who sends us airmail at uh, puttingonairs at gmail.com. Here we have today's first entry, Fabio's name. Dear Corey mm. and Trey, as a lesbian who'd never flick her bean for Fabio, 
Here's a little onomastic gem I thought would amuse y'all. Fabio is the Italian form of the Latin name Fabius, which means bean grower or bean farmer. Please keep up y'all's wonderful work with POA and weekly skews. Laughter heals. Warmest wishes. Aofi, pronounced Efa. Well, I fucked that up. P.S. Y'all can use my name if you want. I guess you don't uh, like well read. I that's fine. You gotta understand. He's not gonna read ahead. He's gonna read as the words happen, right? So you know, well, you can't, if I? you go if you go put your your name and then the pronunciation after it, that right there is what's gonna happen every time. You just yeah. gotta know that going forward in the future. Well, see this. This is what I knew. That finally, a person that doesn't listen to well read but listens to uh, the other the other hits. Uh, there you go. Thank you, Efi. I've already said it wrong. Guarantee it. Subject line, daddy list. Hey, Corey and Trey, love the conversation about daddy list this past week. Did you hear how I started talking as soon as I read daddy list? I went into radio voice. Hey, mm -hmm. Corey and Trey, love the conversation about daddy list this past week. Y'all need to take a look at at archive dilfs on the Twitters for some of the current popular daddies. They did a fire list, which has since been deleted. <laughs> okay, I'll check it out. Uh, which is <laughs> last fall of the top DILFs, which included some of my personal favorites. My personal daddy list, for the record. David Tennant. Did you see mm -hmm. him as the 14th Doctor? Sure did. Pedro Pascal, Mads Mikkelsen, Oscar mm -hmm. Isaac, mm -hmm. a tie here between Michael, not Martin, damn it, Michael Sheen and uh, yep. Taika Waititi. Is that how you say his name? What Taika Waititi, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and uh, as as Ed in our flag means death. Yeah, I love all those dudes. Uh, you just, I mean, you just names. You definitely named dudes that if I had to be gay, I'd fuck them because I respect their work. So yeah. appreciate that. Um. Oh, right on. Uh, subject line: Last stop, Laramie, the Aussie equivalent to Tiger King. I, I I selected this one specifically because I wanted to uh, highlight an Australian motherfucker for this week's episode. Skew day, mates. Long-time Aussie fan of the extended ski universe here. I've been delving back into the past episodes of said ski universe and come upon the Tiger, Tiger by the Tail series, which oh, hit. Yeah. It got me thinking about this small sample of Aussie trash that rivals Tiger King. Although on a much smaller scale, I suggest you check out the hit Netflix series, Last Stop Laramie. Set in a bumfuck town in the middle of nowhere with a population of nine, give or take, Yet yeah, this nine? documentary has nine, yeah, has murder, backstabbing, bitches, a total white trash whore, and a bona fide crocodile king. If <laughs> it could make a great spin-off segment, and it would be a fucking sick to see you guys' reaction to it. Anyway, love you guys like kangaroo filet mignon. P.S. The Crown Princess of Denmark is a ball maid from Tasmania who the Crown Prince shagged on a trip down under. Look into it. Damn. Have a good one, fellas. That was Ben. Thank you, Ben. And I hope that uh, my accent wasn't too offensive. That little part there at the end, it was, uh, that was, it was a, a bit of a bombshell. Did you hear that? He said the Crown Princess of Denmark was a uh, barmaid in Tanz Tanzania. Tan you know what? Tan I Tasmania? Was, Tanzania? I, I was so worried about the accent that I kind of didn't hear it. Tasmania. 
It's Tasmania, right? It's Tasmania, yeah. Tasmania. Tanzania, I think, is like an African country or something like that. You know what? Anyway, they got those devils down there, you know, those Tasmanian devils and make the noise and spin little tornadoes. I'm going to forward that email to you so we don't forget that. Tasmanian tigers, too. You ever seen those? Tasmania, off the coast of Australia, uh, the Brits reportedly killed every last one of their natives. So, fun fact. Uh, Ah, I believe that's called a genocide. Yeah, yeah, that was uh they were really doing they were doing high level colonialism at that point. Um anyway. And I think there's a good chance that that last stop, Laramie or Laramie, whatever it is, is probably not on American Netflix. Uh probably. No. But, you know, if you got VPNs, which we do, and you know how to make them work, which I don't really, uh, even though I <laughs> pitch them on my YouTube page. Uh then you know you can just say you're in Australia and watch whatever Australian Netflix you want. You know, I, I, I just tried to watch an Australian show with the boys. It's like a, it's called the Nowhere Boys. It's like a uh, Hardy Boys meets sci-fi in the woods. Like it's like you know a group of four friends out in the woods and weird shit happens. You know, but not in a gay way, like in a lost yeah. way. I'd anyway, like it's supposed it to be really good, but and I wanted to watch it with my sons, but like uh, you know, you can't get it here. It's an would, you please, um, would you, you please buy it? But... Would you text me that when you get done with this? Because that sounds like rot up me alley. The show? Yeah, I. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, Hardy like boy, I said, you, you got to buy it. You got to buy it. You got to buy well, it like a season at a time. It. I don't what? mind buying it. Okay, then. Yeah, yeah. I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll text you again, no problem. Um, oh, yeah, you're right. It is Larry. We switched accents. Stop, Larry I'm fine with it. Um, Not me. I didn't try to. Well, you went, you went, yeah, a little bit, sort of morphed. Um, last question here, uh, question about Polk um, from Randolph. Why is roast pig classy and pulled pork trashy? What's the classiest non-alcoholic drink to have while eating with people? Some of us got conditions. Keep on carrying on, y'all. You yoked out some bitches, Randy Mole. The most classy non-alcoholic beverage. Well, let's go with the first one first. What? Why is roast pig classy and pulled pork trashy? Only time I've had like a full-blown roast pig. I mean, Hawaii. In Hawaii. Yeah, Hawaii. Yeah, yes, Hawaii. And I mean, that's kind of still trash. That's what I was gonna say. Uh, sort of. I, I, I'm not saying. I get what they mean. Big fancy banquet hall. Beautiful bronzed pig on a table with an apple in its mouth. I know that that's a thing. I still don't. I don't, I don't automatically classy. go to like, I don't automatically go to high class when I think of a pig roast. Me personally. I don't either. Uh, but that's just my opinion. Um, so, uh, and then most fanciest non-alcoholic drink fucking, I like a fresca, <laughs> like a sparkling well, water, just like a seltzer, right? Pellegrino. Yeah, which is just a sparkling water, right? But it's like yeah, yeah, a fancy yeah. brand. Pellegrino or... Um... I had an Australian buddy wants to wrap this back around. His family made a... I assume you wouldn't mind me saying this. They had a high-end bottled water company named Tasmanian Rain. We're talking about Tasmania. There you go. Uh, that's good. That's a good business if you can get into it, you know. Getting people think... to pay an absorbent amount of money for fucking bottled water, you know. I remember but... I remember the like when, uh, when we were first, like, I won't say being wined and dined, but like, when we first hit Hollywood, you remember when we like first kind of hit and we thought like, Oh, things are going to happen. 
and yeah. Val and Val took us like we went to the Beverly Hills Hotel to like have a mm-hmm. meeting, and mm-hmm. it was like the first time people were like, "Do you want still or sparkling?" Yeah. And like our managers were like, "Oh, sparkling, of course." And they brought like an an iced bucket, and they had Pellegrino water. Like I just mm-hmm. for, from then on, I was like, if you've got Pellegrino water at the table, that's like the height of luxury to me. Some of them juices uh yeah they got like fancy juices you know yeah a fresh squeezed orange juice is luxury to me but like i'm saying like the green kind with yeah 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 Yeah. i mean yeah fresh green juice you gotta like like brunch at the beverly hills hotel or something it's gonna be a lot of fucking juices i don't but yeah you're operating outside of my wavelength here but uh Yeah, yeah something like that anyway well Come and see me on the road, TreyCrowder.com. See the dates. I'm in St. Louis tonight and tomorrow. If you listen to this when it first comes out, then I got Indy coming up in DC and other places. So come and see me, TreyCrowder.com. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do that. Um, and also, uh, bonuscory.com is uh, not only my Substack, but by uh, subscribing there, you're helping me finance some projects that I'm working on. So you can look at it that way, too. Not only do you get things uh every week but you also help me finance some things i'm working on for the future so bonuscory.com it's five dollars a month you get cool things and you get cool things in the future stay fancy mother fuckers how about that nmls number six five zero eight four equal housing lender Woo! As an adult, don't we all miss spring break? Nothing like taking a week off from all your responsibilities. Well, here's the next best thing for adults, a spring break from house payments. SaveWithConrad.com can help you get rid of all your credit card debt just like that. We're routinely helping our listeners save five, six, seven, even 800 bucks a month. And you don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket to do this, but check this out. No house payments for two months at SaveWithConrad.com. 